You are listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from to empower couples everywhere to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. This show is hosted by the budget-savvy bride herself, Jessica Bishop, along with me, Sari Wienerman, her Real Weddings editor. We've got a ton of fun stuff to unpack with you today, so before you get cold feet, Let's dive right in. At the Budget Savvy Bride, we love helping our couples save money on their big day. Before you go buying anything for your wedding, be sure to visit our wedding deals section, where you'll find exclusive deals and discounts from some of the biggest names in bridal, as well as some savvy sales you won't want to miss out on. Visit thebudgetsavvybride.com deals to see what you can save on this week. Again, that's thebudgetsavvybride.com deals. Welcome back to another episode of The Bouquet Toss. We've been having so much fun digging into all of these wedding traditions with you, and we love reading your feedback and your thoughts about each of the episodes. We're talking even more about all of this stuff on the podcast in our private community, so make sure you join and join in in the conversation. Today, we are talking all about the wedding veil. We've got, as always, fun facts and historical details to share, so let's get started. Let's do it. I guess let's just start with the history behind the tradition. The veil is considered the oldest part of the bridal ensemble. Interesting. This is according to wedding historian Susan Wagner, who we've quoted before on the show. And she details that the veil dates back to ancient times when people wrapped brides from head to toe. And this was to represent the delivery of a modest and untouched maiden. Wrapped from head to toe in what? Head to toe. Well, so... Like swaddled like a baby? We actually got a little bit more information about this in our research that told us that in Roman times, Roman brides were, like you said, swaddled head to toe in red or flame-colored garb. And this was to scare off evil spirits, which we see so much in wedding traditions. People were really afraid of evil spirits. I have no witty comeback for this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was supposedly meant to make them look as though they were on fire. That is an interesting uh, strategy. (laughs) Which it just feels like to me it's another attempt at making sure the woman enters a marriage with a clean slate. Right. Which we've talked about this before, but, you know, a little problematic. And we have to remember that brides were probably like 12 back in those times. Yeah. It was a very large veil, as you can imagine, because it covered the bride head to toe. But it started to become more of a fashion statement less of a tool to just swaddle the bride and we'll go into all of these details throughout the episode but once the veil became a shorter just kind of a covering type of thing obviously fashion came into the mix and there are tons of different ways to incorporate a veil into your wedding attire yeah it was actually uh queen victoria the fashionista bridal statement maker of a lifetime who yeah. was married in her white dress and a veil that cascaded down her back and 
basically that made her the first modern monarch to be married in a veil. She is an icon. (laughs) (laughs) As, As all the royals are. So because she wore this cascading veil, it began to symbolize modesty and obedience. And as weddings are often a religious ceremony as well, it had kind of a twofold sort of function because in a lot of religions, it's customary for women to cover their heads. Right. And this obviously takes over that job of covering the bride's head. But sometimes it would just cover the bride's face just for her to enter the ceremony. And this had a few different functions, but one being when there were arranged marriages, this was the first time a groom would even see his bride's face often. So it was literally an unveiling. Like they would move the veil from the front to the back and unveil her face for the first time to her suitor. I mean, they do that in modern times on these married at first sight reality shows. (laughs) Oh my God, you're so right. Always have to bring it back to uh, modern day, right? Pop culture. Absolutely. I actually have never watched that one, but. Me neither. Have you seen 90 Day Fiance? Of course. Train wreck. (laughs) Can't stop. (laughs) Well, something we also found is that in those times, the veil and having a long train also prevented the bride from running away, which was like an actual concern when it was an arranged marriage, which is sad. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like another tactic of holding on to her. (laughs) Right. But it did become something, and largely in part to Queen Victoria, that really ended up completing the bridal ensemble. I think there is still that feeling of unveiling the bride that is really special, even though, of course, usually at this point, you know, today, brides and grooms have probably, or brides and brides or grooms and grooms have seen each other before their wedding. But (laughs) it still is this special moment. I think in every movie, you know, you can hear everyone sigh when they (laughs) unveil the bride and they're like, oh, she's so beautiful. And it's just become like a true moment of appreciation for the bride and her beauty. Totally. Any movie pre-2000, I feel like, really included that moment of lifting the veil off of the bride's face. But now there's so many different styles of veils. A lot of people don't even have that second layer to move. Right. And in some religions, that was, I think that's like part of the ceremony. But if you're not having a religiously affiliated ceremony, doing the physical movement of the veil to from like the front to the back is not even a thing that necessarily you have to do. Right. Let's talk about some of the different styles of veils. So there's a lot of different lengths of veils and different styles you could consider wearing for your wedding day. Anything super short to like epically long that literally drags behind you almost the whole way down the aisle. There's a lot of different information about what certain lengths might be called, but some of the various ones that we've seen are... A flyaway veil is a short veil that ends at your shoulders. A blusher is also very short. It just covers the bride's face. 
typically just worn for the ceremony. Then there's fingertip length, which obviously extends to your fingertips. Also, the chapel and cathedral length veils are typically the longest. They go all the way to the floor and then even drag behind you a bit on the floor. But then even beyond that is what's considered a royal length veil, which I'm guessing (laughs) is probably worn by royalty most of the time, which are typically over 120 inches long. Wow. Yeah. So there's lots of options and lots of different fabrics or different types of netting or tool to consider beyond just the different length that you're choosing from. Yeah. And that's typically a big part of trying your dress on and doing the dress shopping because depending on what kind of dress you have and the detailing and the fabric and everything there, there's a whole slew of options for your veil. Right. You could go for something basic or something very ornate and intricate with lots of lace or crystals or pearls or beads. I mean, really, the sky's the limit when it comes to the variety of styles and options. Do you think that veils are something that most brides just kind of feel like they have to do because it's part of what makes you look like a bride? Or do you think it's something that they're just like genuinely excited to get to do and get to wear and get to pick out? What do you think? I mean, I obviously can't speak for everybody, but I know for me, I felt that when I was dress shopping and stuff, I felt like, oh, well, I'm a bride, right? I should wear a veil. And anytime I went to a bridal shop to try on a dress, the salesperson always wanted me to try on a veil as well. And I'll be honest, every time I put one on, I was like, this is not me. (laughs) I felt like, I don't know, like a cupcake. (laughs) I don't know how else to explain it. Just it did not resonate with me at all. Yeah, that's something that I feel. I've never done the dress shopping thing, but I don't know. There's a part of it that when I picture my bridal look eventually one day, I really don't think about the veil. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different styles to choose from. I ultimately ended up choosing to wear what's called a birdcage veil, which is actually a really loose netting that's almost just like it was attached to a hair clip. And it came around one side of my hair. It was very small and it didn't drape at all. And I wore it the entire night, I think. I might have actually taken the netting part off for the reception. But either way, it wasn't a big, long thing. And it still gave me something that made me feel that bridal vibe without getting in my way or making me feel not like myself. That makes sense. And even if you're not into like a birdcage veil or even any sort of situation like that, just wearing like a nice hair clip or hair piece or tiara, we can talk about all sorts of different alternatives. Yeah, let's get into those alternatives. We've definitely seen some really, really beautiful things. Anything from brooch type pieces in your hair to floral crowns instead of a veil to nothing at all. What was that one post that we had on Instagram where it felt like they weaved flowers through her braid? Do you Um, remember this? It sounds familiar. Yeah. One of our most popular pinned images from the blog on Pinterest is a bride who has a beautiful long, she's blonde. She has like a French braid and they put little sprigs of baby's breath in the pleats of her braid so cool. I don't believe she wore a veil at all. And I know that's one of our most popular images ever pinned in like 13 years from the blog, which I think is cool. Yeah. I mean, you can't cover that with a veil. That's so intricate and gorgeous. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's obviously not just your everyday hairstyle. It does have something a little extra added in there. And so why not have that as your bridal look? I think that's a really good point that you just made, which makes even more sense to me now why veils are such a beloved part of a wedding. Because you're right, it's a not everyday look. And so a veil is another way for you to feel like this is completely your day and have it not be something where you feel like you could recreate the look any other day and for some brides that's super important for others maybe not but if that is important to you having a veil is a great way to do that but something we've pointed out before is that veils can be pretty expensive if you go to a fabric store and just check out the tool on a roll you're like why are veils so expensive (laughs) right well That's why we have featured how to DIY your veil several times on the blog, which we'll obviously link in the show notes, but there are some amazing tutorials for doing it yourself because it is something you can achieve if you want to. Yeah, for sure. And whether or not you want to actually DIY an actual veil with tool, you can easily embellish a simple piece of tool by stitching on like a few pearls or little gemstones on the end or adding your own lace or adding it to a simple comb that you can cover with like a hair flower. Depending on the look that you're going for, there's definitely ways to DIY it, especially if you're on a super tight budget. But the other options that you mentioned, like a flower crown is really nice if you don't feel like the veil thing is for you or even just something to make it feel more special than just your everyday look a hair clip or some something with rhinestones or a brooch or pearls or lace pieces to put into your hair can really add that extra bridal feel and then another option if you're not into DIY and like some of the options to purchase are out of reach there are some options also to rent your wedding veil or hair accessories or headpieces there's a couple of great companies out there happily ever borrowed is one they have tons of different options for even things like sashes and belts and things like that little additions for your wedding look but also veils and headpieces and then another one is little things borrowed so i love the whole bridal rental revolution because in so many cases you only wear these things once So if you don't want to spend a ton on them, you can totally rent them. And I think it's amazing. I agree. Did you coin that term bridal rental revolution just now? (laughs) No. But I mean, think about it. Like there's so many. I mean, Rent the Runway is obviously great for wedding guests, but they have some outfits, some like white dresses that would totally work for a wedding dress if you wanted to rent something. I know lots of people have rented dresses from Rent the Runway to wear as a bridesmaid even. Companies like Something Barred Blooms, they have flowers and these other companies that have accessories. Obviously, the guys have been renting their tuxedos for decades, right? So what a good point. Why not have the option for the gals too? That's such a good point. It's about time, right? Yeah. Bridal (laughs) rental revolution. And I think it is really good to even think about your veil, not just something that you might borrow from a stranger, but could even be your something borrowed if maybe your mom or your sister or your grandparent has a veil that they wore at their wedding and you borrow it, you maybe even upcycle it a bit if it's older and then it's borrowed from someone you love and has double meaning. Yeah, it's so true. I know that we've featured tons of different 
weddings where that's been the case where the bride has worn a veil that has been passed down through her family or through her soon-to-be spouse's family. So I love that. I think it's a great way to incorporate that into something borrowed and also save you some money on something that tends to be a little pricey. Exactly. And another thing you may consider if maybe you don't have that available to you with a loved one or you haven't found a veil that you can rent, Etsy is also a great source for wedding veils. Oh, a thousand percent. And support small businesses. Love it. Handmade artisans. Yeah. And just have a really great post on the site with a list of handmade wedding veil shops on Etsy that we found that had really beautiful stuff. So we'll link that in the show notes as well. Perfect. And doing just a search on Etsy for veils, whether you intend to buy from there or not, is a great way to get inspiration for the look that you might end up wanting. For sure. Because A lot of the veil choice really hinges upon your dress and what is going to match best with, you know, the dress that you've chosen. So it can really influence the length or the fabric or those little embellishments that appear or don't appear on a veil will really hinge on the dress that you choose. Yeah, I think that's important to remember that even if you want to maybe work in someone's veil, it may be a little bit difficult depending on the dress that you pick. It may not necessarily go together. So the caveat is kind of figuring out that the dress first. But I have a great story from one of our listeners who recently went wedding dress shopping. And she, shout out to her because she is such a wonderful fan of the podcast. But she went shopping and brought her mom and her sister with her and She tried on a bunch of different dresses and eventually she picked the one that she loved, which I luckily got to see a sneak peek picture of and it's amazing. But after they had picked it, they started looking at veils that they could match to the dress and eventually they decided on one. They were like, this is it. And they later discovered that that was the veil that her aunt had worn for her wedding. So she's going to borrow her aunt's instead of you know getting a whole new one and funny enough the woman who was her bridal consultant was also her aunt's bridal consultant well how perfect is that right i love it but that's such a cool i think it's such a cool story because she loved it and was like this is so perfect and showed the picture to her aunt and she was like wait that's my veil (laughs) (laughs) great minds think alike right So I think there's some really great options out there and a really great way to decide if you want to even go down the veil road is potentially just to try some on. Again, you don't have to wear it all day, which is something to think about. And that's why I also really love the idea of hair clip or even the baby's breath flowers in your braided hair, which is so crazy amazing, because that you can wear all day. Yeah. A lot of it, too, depends on the length of the veil that you choose. Obviously, if you have a cathedral-length veil, you're not going to wear that other than for the ceremony. Otherwise, you'll be tripping over it and ripping it. Definitely something to keep in mind. For a little personal story of my own, when my sister got married in January of 2020, I was her maid of honor, very honored to be her maid of honor, and I had two different veil snafus. The wedding expert, quote unquote, had two veil snafus. 
Uh, as the what happened? Runner. What did you do? Okay. So first of all, I was in charge of putting her veil in. I put it in upside down. <gasps> I put it in upside down. Luckily, we saw and realized it right before she walked down the aisle. But it was a mad like, oh, it's upside down. The lace is facing the wrong way. We had to pull it out and put it back in immediately. <laughs> oh, no. Like inside out? Yeah, basically. Oh. And it was a long veil. I think it but was. But you noticed. You fixed it. You noticed. I don't think. I think she noticed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so funny, too. I have this photo of her that I took on my cell phone because we're outside of the chapel getting ready to go. And I was taking this photo of her and she's holding her bouquet and she's looking down and she has the piece of her veil in her hand at her fingertip, you know, length. But it's a long veil. It goes all the way to the floor. But she's looking at it. She's holding the lace in the palm of her hand. And it was that moment that she realized that it was facing the wrong way. Oh, my goodness. But it's honestly, it's the most beautiful photo ever. I'm like, you look like an angel goddess in this photo. And she's like, my veil's inside out. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so very quickly, we turned it around just in time for everyone to walk down the aisle crisis averted right and then after the ceremony they say I do time for the recessional I go to hand her back her wedding bouquet and I'm stepping on her veil as she goes to walk down the aisle oh my gosh oh no yeah she just, it was just like a very slight moment of like oh god I'm, I'm on it and I was off of it very quickly but could I have screwed up anymore I'm fired I don't know no, there's so much that you did that was so uniquely you that she could never imagine having anyone else as her maid of honor. It's definitely something to be mindful of if you are wearing a long veil, just having some rehearsals with the veil, I think is important. Yeah, no <laughs> If there's any lessons learned, that would be it. <laughs> well, make sure your maid of honor is with you for the rehearsals. <laughs> I was there, but we did not wear the veil for the rehearsal. So maybe that, right. was, that was the key. We should have tried that. But anyhow. Well, speaking of really long veils, we're going to close out with a fun wedding fact. According to Guinness World Records, the longest wedding veil measured 22,843 feet and 2.11 inches. What? Yes, I saw a picture of this and... She's outside, this bride, and it's wrapped around. It almost looks like she's on a track, and it's wrapped around several times. Wow. This was achieved by a woman named Maria mm -hmm. in Larnaca, Cyprus, on August 14th, 2018. And apparently it had been Maria's dream since she was a child to break that record for the longest wedding bell. Wow. And she did it. How on earth? Right? How do you even make that? And where did and it all on. sit? Yeah. I don't know. Wow. That's that's something else. It's crazy wedding fact. <laughs> <laughs> so with all of that history and alternatives and fun wedding fact, would you keep it or would you toss it? Personally, I just never felt super comfortable in a veil, so it's probably not something that is for me. But obviously, superstition has it that it was bad luck for the groom to see the bride prior to the wedding, and wearing a veil to hide her face was part of that whole bridal tradition. 
So if you want to take part in that and you feel comfortable and great in the veil, then do it. Yeah, I think for me, I'm kind of in that jury's out moment with keeping it or tossing it, dependent on how the rest of the bridal look comes together. Yeah, you'll have to see how you feel when you find the gown and whether or not the veil jives with it. Right, which again, not planning a wedding right now. But <laughs> Let's ahead of ourselves, ladies. <laughs> yes, but I think it's also a fun exploration of including your something old, new, borrowed, and blue, which that could affect your choice of a veil. There may be it may become your something borrowed or your something old, and just even the act of having it there might feel so sentimental to you that you work it in because of that, or you go and you try on your dress and you start trying on veils and you just have that aha moment of this is it yeah that's a great point oh a fun thing that I wanted to do was before we started recording this episode I decided to throw a poll up on Instagram to get some feedback from our lovely listeners and followers so let's hear what you guys had to say about veils so we did a poll very informal poll on Instagram and 79% of you said that you are planning to wear a veil on the big day. That's a big number. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid consensus there. 79% to 21%. And then I also asked if anybody had any thoughts or tidbits to share about veils. And so here's a couple of things that were said. Katie said that she's planning to wear a tulle veil with pearl accents sewn on. Sounds very classic. Love it. Another one of our messages from Kyle Michelle Weddings and Events. They're a wedding planning firm. They said, for your first look, you can not wear the veil and then at your ceremony, put it on so that if you do a first look, you're taking photos with your soon-to-be spouse. And so you get those photos with the veil and without the veil, which I think is a great tip, especially when it comes to the photos. You get to have images of you in the full bridal ensemble, but also get pictures of your hair, which most likely you paid a professional to do for you. So might as well get good photos of it. So that's a great, great tip. And then Megan said... It's the only chance you'll ever have to wear one. Plus, you can take it off whenever you'd like, which I agree. I feel like that's why I ended up going with the birdcage, because it felt enough like me, and it also felt bridal. Right. That makes complete sense. I love hearing all of this feedback from our followers. It's so cool to know like exactly what people are thinking about right now. And we're continuing to have these conversations inside our private community. I know we've mentioned it before, but we are just such fans of the love and support and just, you know, the ability to talk about all of these things with other brides-to-be. And it really seems like the community members are benefiting so much from getting to discuss these things. So hop on in and join us. And if you're specifically thinking about some alternatives for a veil or have some questions or maybe are even looking for one and not sure where to go, ask some brides-to-be. 
Yeah. I really think it's a nice little like brain trust that we've got going in the private community and it's a safe space and full of helpful folks who are all going through the same wedding planning trenches right now. It's a really great supportive community and I just love seeing all the great conversations that are happening there. Absolutely. So let's go hop in there and end this episode and keep it going in the community. Sounds great. If you're just getting started with planning your wedding, you absolutely have to pick up a copy of the Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer. This book has literally been described as the wedding planning Bible. No joke. The book is part workbook, part how-to guide, and it walks you through every single step of planning your big day. From laying the foundations for your wedding vision and budget to checking off every detail along the way, the Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer will help you stay on track and on budget. And at only $7.99 on Amazon, you'll be sure to score tips and ideas that will save you thousands on your big day. Visit thebudgetsavvybride.com book to get your copy today. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride to empower couples to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. If you've had as much fun as we did, then please catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you're a bride-to-be looking for a little extra support, then join us in our private community to connect with brides like you. Our community helps to support one another while also sharing the free resources we provide via our website and this podcast. Visit community.thebudgetsavvybride.com to join. As always, stay true to you. We look forward to chatting again soon.